Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Well, I think we've decanted for long enough. It's time to sit back and enjoy Two Sharp Reds with Mark Schwarzer and Ollie Geel. Yes, welcome everyone to the third episode of the Two Sharp Reds with myself, Ollie Geel, and Australia's third favourite son, but now, unfortunately, fifth favourite um, Silver Fox. You've actually gone down slightly, Mark Schwarzer, but um, it's a pleasure to be here again. Well, hang on, don't just stop there. Give me an explanation. Why am I dropping down the table? I'll give you two words. Grant Denyer, my friend. He is hot right now. So you have moved from fourth to fifth favourite silver fox in Australia. How does that feel? Well, I'm not happy about the silver fox sure. thing either. I Salt mean, and pepper fox. Where is the silver coming from either? In the beard. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> a honest, technicality. That is technicality. As you're pouring uh, a glass of red wine, I'll just explain again. If you are new to the show, that's here at the Two Sharp Reds. Our aim is to share our love of the Burgundy Grape while also discussing and dissecting all the things that have happened in the world of the Premier League. And our aim at the end of the episode is to try and compare the bottle of wine that we're trying to a player past or present. And Mark, it was your week to to bring a bottle of wine to the table. Um, And what have you brought for us this week. Let me just say, this is the second week in a row, okay? I've brought a bottle of wine to the table. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, so, so what don't we... just say it's this week. It's my second week So does in that a row. mean we're like step-parents, essentially? So it's like it's sort of every fortnight we well, bring I the feel, child? I feel like I'm your dad. Yeah. Let's be honest. <laughs> so this is a 2017 Moonstruck, and it is a Cabernet Duruf. Ooh, a Duruf. Not, yeah. a, 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 not a Cab Sav, but a no, Duruf. No, a Duruf. Do we, do we know what a Duluth means? Uh, or do, do no. we need to ask Jeeves? No. Listen, we like wine, but we don't know it that well, no, do we? <laughs> no, exactly. Now, um, listeners would know as well, but again, if you're new to the show, your sort of favourite thing when it comes to drinking red is you tend to drink wine from the region that you're currently in. So I'm still very much, uh, you know, if it's Barossa Valley, Mar- um, McLaren Vale, Margaret River, I'll still I'll have it no matter where I am. Yes, why are we going for an Australian one in particular today? Was it the first one you saw on the shelf, or is there a, a reason? It's a homage to you, basically. Really? Yeah, yeah because because you yeah you, you did complain a few times that uh, um, you know you love your Aussie wine, and mm. I thought you know what you. It's getting to winter time, getting colder. You may be a little bit homesick. Throw so him a bone, sort of let's stuff. Let's give him a bit of red wine, Aussie red wine. Love it. Cheers. Oh, that's oh hello. Nice. Yes. Oh, hello. Now. I guess right up, right from the start here, all other wines we've tasted have been equally as beautiful. Yes. But one common theme, and I don't know if you've picked up on this, but one common theme is they've all been quite consistent in taste. Yes, that's right. Now, this cab, what are we calling it? The roof. The roof. That's doing all sorts. Yeah. I mean, that is literally the taste version of a rainbow. It is. Uh, you know what? I'm. That's very, very, very drinkable. Yeah. And and actually, that would go down really, really easily and quite quickly as you reach for your second <laughs> gulp and sniff. 
Oh, right. So I'm, I'm actually already lost for words as to where I'm going to go with the comparison uh, of this bottle, but I look, look forward to finding out your thoughts. Well, I think we're going to need the duration of the podcast to yeah. work out who this player best matches. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's a very nice drop, very smooth. Dark red, though, isn't very, it? Very, very dark. I mean, I, I expected... Actually, I expected a lot more going on from it. It mm. just really, again, pretty smooth and consistent yeah. for me. It's consistent for you. Yeah. So it's not at all for me. No? I'm, I'm getting side of the mouth, back of the tongue, front of the tongue, all sort of different flavors. Sorry, flavors. One thing that I've picked up on just listening back to the podcasts is I feel like you are quite intimidated and nervous around me at the start of the podcast. Okay. Like you, you need to sort of warm in to being in my presence. Is yes. that probably fair yeah, to say? You can be quite intimidating at yeah. times, yes, definitely. Yeah. I don't know whether it's the the T shirt, yeah. whether it's the uh, the man bun. It's something though, isn't whether it? Whether it's the um the white socks with uh black, Doc, Doc black jeans and Doc Muns. <laughs> yeah. I mean I don't know. It's something. It's yes. something and, and I've come to the conclusion that I want to take it all the back all the way back to when I was doing drama at school. Yes. And you know, let's say you had, you know, a Shakespeare monologue to perform. When you rock up a drama, you do not go straight in to that monologue. No. no I no, actually no. generally just didn't go into the door, into oh, the, into the class. I really? actually did a beat, you know, like a, a, a turn around and went straight the other way. Oh, you so would have been a bully. You yeah, would have looked no. at me and gone, oi, No, not drama. at all. No, not at all. No, I wasn't. I wasn't at all. I just knew that that wasn't for me. Right. Fair enough. Well, what you would have learnt if you walked through that door is that before you do the monologue, you generally do some trust exercises okay. or some theatre games just to warm up. So I've not thought of the longevity of this, but maybe just for the next couple episodes, we can play a game just to get um, you know acquainted and warmed up. So this week's game is called Spot the Dice, right? And I have collated a series of noises, okay. impersonations, and the real Sean Dyche. And I want you to try and pick which one is the real Dyche. Okay. I know, you know, you can imagine the dressing room is very low now. But I would say that because I, I like the way he goes about his business. And I'm really angry, it's been a difficult week. <laughs> We are absolutely shocking. Shocking. Take care, Lee. To up. Competitive in every game, you know? I think you can play well. You'll be a good player for Burnley. But I think we're a great club. But we do believe in what we're doing here at Burnley Football Club. <laughs> You've got a lot of spare time on your hands, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I mean, I'm going to say, off the bat, I'm going to say number two. Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> got I'm right. right, yes. You got it right. <laughs> yes. Now, I mean, I mean, this is, it's. A, I don't even know how you compare, but... Why did you think it was him? You're right. <laughs> but what was it about that particular clip that you went... Because I have to admit, the other impersonations are fantastic. Yeah, some really good ones Especially there. the chainsaw. Uh, the first one and the second one I thought were, 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 were quite close in terms of could have been him. Uh, the second one, I just don't know. I don't know. I mean, I've heard his, you, you hear his name so, or hear him speak so often. Yep. And it's very distinctive. Um, and I just... I don't know. I just thought straight away, that's him. Let's kick into gears. Let's start talking about some football now that we've um, performed some theatre games and we're all warmed up. Uh, I guess it's a double-edged sword, but I do want to talk about Tottenham. We saw on the weekend um, drop points again to to Everton. Uh, Harry Kane didn't play, which we'll get to. uh, But the major story is the injury to to Gomez from from Everton. We saw Hyunmin Son... And I believe it was Aurier. They sort of found themselves in a bit of a sandwich. 
uh, in what resulted really in in Gomez's ankle pretty much facing the the wrong way round. It was a it was a horrendous injury, and and to be honest, Mark, one that I, we saw how distressed Som uh, and Aurea were straight away. So it's not you know it's something that I almost feel uncomfortable talking about because it's just it's it's horrible. But I mean that could be a career-ending injury. It could be, um, and it's it's devastating to see for any for any athlete to 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 have such a, a serious injury. Um, and you could see by the reaction of all the players, like you mentioned, Son particularly, um, were devastated by it. And and I, I think firstly we've got to be very clear: there was no intent there whatsoever, no. and it was completely accidental. And it was what a, a challenge that was really in, happens so many times in a game that nothing ever happens from it. No one ever gets hurt from it. It was a, a late, a slightly late-ish sort of, not even a challenge really. It was a kind of a bit of a, a clip. Mm. And um, unfortunately, it was a series of events that, that, that led to him breaking his ankle. And I don't blame any of the players for it. You know? and, I, and I think it's so unfortunate. And I don't even think it's a red card. No. I, know, I know the rules have been changed. And I know they've taken the word intent out. And there's also, with the VAR, they're able to utilize the VAR to then see what the resulting mm. uh, incident occurs, or what, what it leads to. So in this instance, there's a severity of the injury, so therefore he, he puts the yellow card back in his pocket and pulls the red out. I don't think that's right. I, I, I think in this circumstance, it's such an unlucky sort of event of circumstances that occurred. It's, it's not right. I, I don't think that's right at all. I mean, the, the word intent... I still think has to play a part in it. Um, sometimes a challenge, even if there's no intent, can be a really bad challenge mm. because of mistiming, because someone's lost their head, they didn't really mean to hurt them, and so on. In this instance, it was nothing other than maybe trying to slow the play down. Mm. Um, a, a lazy, f- fatigued kind of player trying to make a challenge. Um, and unfortunately, you kind of almost have the ultimate... Uh, um, a result in terms of a player being really badly injured. So I feel I feel for all of them. And I suppose we all probably know or can try and guess how Gomez would be feeling, you know, and you know over the coming days. And and let's just hope first and foremost that he can get back to playing at all. Uh, but what about what about from Son's perspective? You know, where does he go from here? Because he, he is very likable. He seems quite sensitive as a as a human. How does he now try and get that out of his head for the next game? Because for me, when I look at him do, doing that, I feel the same as he does compared to other professionals, I think. If I did that to someone, I don't think I, I would have struggled to sleep. I, was in a, I, I actually had a similar thing happen to me uh, when I was, I think I was about uh, 16 years old, playing for my school team. And I played half the game in goal, and the second half I came out and played on the field. And we're playing Hello. against the local, the local rivals. And it's a big game, big school game, right? So I come on, and I, well, play the, start playing the game, a throw-in for us. So I run over to receive the ball. And as I receive the ball, the throw is thrown slightly further than back towards me. So I have to actually take a couple of steps backwards. Yep. There's a player from the opposition who's a rugby league player, really, really highly regarded rugby league player. He's actually on the books for Penrith at right. the time. And he... Because he maybe doesn't understand the game as much, the, the, the distances, judges it, whatever. He goes right up behind me. As I step backwards to come and, and, and give myself space, yep. I actually, he takes my legs away from me. 
and I fall on top of him. As I fall on top of him, it's a double fracture of his, of his, uh, mm. of his leg. So I snap his leg because my weight of my body just, I fell on him. Mm. And he's actually taken my legs away. So you, you, the noise, I still remember the noise right now, what it's like. And effectively that ended the kid's career in rugby league. And you feel horrendous. And even players from your position were giving me grief. And I'm like, I'm standing there going, but I didn't do anything. Yeah. I actually, he's taken me out. I've fallen on him and I've snapped his leg in half. Mm. So it's hard. And I was like 16, 15, 16 years old. And you, you're devastated about it. Um, how do you go on from that? In that experience, very different to now and different in terms of levels. But you didn't get the support that you can get now. Like I'm sure that he'll have any psychological support that he wants. He'll have all the people trying to help him as much as possible, as with Gomez. I mean, more importantly, even with Gomez. So with Son, it's about dealing with the consequences of a tackle that really on any other time was a nothing incident. Yeah. But unfortunately, in this moment, it's potentially a career-ending incident. Do you, do you still think about that challenge and the fact that... Oh, I have to be polite how I say, but if, if that if you hadn't fallen on him, he actually could have got quite far in his career. Like, is that yeah. something that that no, often pops into your head? I remember seeing the guy a number of number of times afterwards, and he actually had no hard feelings. Hmm. He he obviously over time, you know, and and I remember turning around and seeing the kid like screaming, hmm. holding his legs, screaming, and that, and so that plays a big part on you. And then I remember seeing him afterwards and like just saying to him I, you know I apologized and like you know I just but I couldn't I don't think I could have done anything differently and he went yeah and like he, he said you know it happens yeah it's just one of those things and he was he was pretty pretty good with it all but it did end his career in terms of he didn't ever get back to that level anymore well we certainly do wish all the best for all players involved but just on that game in particular, as as you mentioned, pressure starts to build for both managers now. Uh, I believe Tottenham are, are now eleventh, which is which is huge for them as a club and where they are striving to be. Uh, though of course, they were without their main man Harry Kane, uh, and you got, you got the feeling that if he was playing in that game, things might have been a little bit different. They would have gone and, and got that second goal. But just on a lighter side, you know, coming out of that game. I thought it was very interesting why Harry Kane didn't play because we thought that he was, you know, sickness and, and often when you hear sickness, you think, um, I've got the cold or, or something like that. We're just being um, we're just being protective. But this is what Pochettino had to say about Kane and why he didn't play. I understood that uh, today was uh, eating some some food uh, on the, yes, on the, on the lunchtime, but uh, we'll today. see... Today, yes, it was two days uh, uh, with not uh, food. He got a, a virus with the family too, and we'll see if he recovery for Wednesday. If not, for the for the weekend. So long and short of that is he's eaten something at the club two days before the game, uh, and they still need to check on his well-being for the Wednesday game, if not the the following Saturday. Um, I know that. I don't know, there, there might be some sort of allergy involved, or, you know, let's not just say that it was down to, to poorly cooked food, but how does that happen not, <laughs> at a club? I or? don't think it's poorly cooked food. I think it, there, there's something, there was a bacteria or a germ or something, and it might not even be from the food that he picked up there. It can be, 
and he's obviously he's got like some sort of tummy bug and he said like he also Mauricio Pochettino said at his home as well with his family he's got young kids I yeah. mean when they start nursery it's a disaster yeah. because the kids come home with every illness there is to have under yeah. the sun and generally you end up getting a lot of those illnesses as well did you find you had to put yourself in quarantine almost there was a couple of times yeah really yeah absolutely I mean I remember I remember my kids right when they're ill and you get them up out of the cot and you've got carpet on the floor right they throw up what do you do you either oh, quickly pull them away from you because you don't want to get vomit all over you or yeah. you save the carpet. Ah, oh, save the carpet. <laughs> so you're, just, you're literally holding it all, <laughs> child and vomit and crying and everything on you. And there were times where I used to think, oh my God, if I get ill here, this is going to be a disaster. I was lucky. I never actually, I got ill, but I never got ill. That then effectively meant that I missed a game from it. Um, but yeah, yeah, you're always consciously worried about it. I mean, I remember one time my wife, she was so ill she was, it was coming out both ends. Nice. And the kids were really, really, really young. And we had a game away. I think it was away in Liverpool. And we, we had this big moment where, like, I went, I can't not go. Like, it's the day before. It's like, I can't say to my manager, by the way, my wife's ill. What is he going to say to me? He's going to say, well, get someone over to look after her. Yeah. You've got to play. So I was like, this moment. And I actually ended up ringing our very first neighbors, who we're still very, very close with uh, to this day. And mind you, bearing in mind... That was probably about a year after we met them. Right. So we'd only ever known them for about a year. She came over and looked after my kids whilst my wife was, was uh, there were projectiles coming out both ends. You know, let's be careful how you... Yeah, no, <laughs> you it, it, it was that way. And I, and I kind of understand it. And unfortunately, probably for Harry, he's in a position, potentially, that, that maybe he picked up an illness from one of his children. Hey, let's move on. I want to talk to you about Newcastle. We have already spoken about them earlier on, but... Uh, sorry, earlier on in the, the podcast series, but even now it's very interesting where they're at because we thought, well, are they going to struggle? Are they not going to struggle? Is Bruce you know, going to find himself in strife as a manager? But they got a great win on the weekend against West Ham uh, on the road. They're looking great, and Steve Bruce is looking slightly more popular in the, the eyes of the faithful than ever, I think. You know, I, I find it really bizarre. Like He's from Newcastle. Yep. He's a Geordie through and through. He's been desperate to manage Newcastle from the day he was born almost. You know, like, I mean, obviously it's an exaggeration. But, and then, and I understand, you know, the Newcastle fans are like, well, hang on, we've had Rafa, but we want to go to the next level now or bring someone at least in an equivalent. And Steve Bruce, Rafa Benitez, in terms of names, yep. don't match. But Steve Bruce will give you, will give you honesty, will give you hard working, will give you a consistency. And he, he knows how to stay in the league. Is that enough for Newcastle fans? Well, no, because every fan wants more for their team. And Newcastle fans are quite unique, and they're a massive club. They're a sleeping giant. Um, and they believe the fans believe they should be in a far better place than where they are. And th- there's, there's an argument to say, yeah, they're right. But unfortunately, the reality is they're not. And Ralph Fabinius did a fantastic job of managing the club. Um can Steve Bruce eclipse that at the moment? Why not? And I've said it before. I think Steve Bruce will do a good job there. Mm. Will he be ever highly regarded as Rafa Benitez? Who knows? I, I think he should forget about it. Forget yeah. Rafa Benitez. He's gone. He's gone to China. He wants the money. He's gone. He talks about not having money to buy players. He left. He's gone for a better... He's gone for greener pastures. He's gone for yep. a bigger bank balance. And I don't begrudge him one bit. 
well done. Just hold your hand up and say it. Don't go, no, no, I didn't leave because of the money. Well, of course you did. Yeah. Why else would you go to, 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 to manage in China? Let's be honest. And I think at this stage, Steve Bruce isn't taking your advice or hearing your advice about forgetting Rafa Benitez and Hurry because this is what he had to say after the game against West Ham. I know i many, many times. I'm not any people's cup of tea. I want the club to go forward. I'm delighted to have been given this opportunity when some others probably turned it down. So to get the opportunity to manage Newcastle has always been the, the big thing for me. And um, hopefully with a few more results, then I might get as popular as Rafa. I'm not so sure I will, but that's me in. Listen, you may go and have a cup of tea with Rafa Benitez, but I don't want to have a cup of tea with Steve Bruce. What sort of... I want to have a burger and chips with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's no. a burger and chips man. Well, I was going to say, what, what cup of tea would Steve Bruce be? And, 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 a, and a pint of brown ale. That's what you want. But that's the great thing about him as a person, because you feel like if you're a fan of Newcastle United, that you won't run into him at a, you know, leaving the St. James's Park. You'll run into him at the pub. Yes. On a Thursday. And that's where and, I think he relates more with, with the average Newcastle fan. And he just needs to get things right on the football pitch, and he's doing that. And the performance away at West Ham was a very good one. Yes, they, you know, West Ham got two goals back and everything else. However, it's still three points away at West Ham, which is, a, which is a tough place to go and play. And uh, I think it's a brilliant, a brilliant uh, result. So talking there, though, that, that he reckons he's only a couple more wins, hopefully, away from being as popular as Rafa. Uh, at what point does he need to literally, as as your favourite movie, Frozen's concerned, you know, when does he have to just let <laughs> How it do go? You know? Who told you? Well, you know, have you not checked the cameras? <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you can't keep, you know, you, you, your Uno Emery's of the world aren't going to compare themselves to how popular Arsene Wenger once was, or... Or, you know, is, is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer really going to say, you know, oh, hopefully if I finish in fourth, maybe people will like me as much as Sir Alex Ferguson? Yeah, maybe he was asked that question. You know, maybe that was part of the question that was asked to him, put forward to him about, about Rafa Benitez, about being popular. We, all we hear is his answer. Yeah. So he's tail on the back of his answer. Um, listen, Steve Bruce is, I think, confident enough in himself anyway. Knows, knows where he is, knows his ability, knows his strengths and weaknesses. And I don't think... Um, Realistically, I don't think he really even concerned about Rafa Benitez and, and how the Newcastle faithful love him. Um, I, maybe he's thinking, why? Yeah. You know, if I replicate. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. What he's done, if not better, then why is he so highly regarded? I mean, listen, he's going to have to take a couple of years yeah. to, to be even even in consideration and if he can steady the ship he can progress slowly he can do a really good job and so far all the signs are very positive then maybe people will start giving that uh, that sort of uh, analysis after that period of time until then get your head down do your work eat your burgers and chips yeah and if you brown out brown out Newcastle brown out and you'd be fine. Now, here we are. It's halftime drinks it's uh, I suppose would you say it's your favourite part of the podcast or What's your favourite part? 
Uh, what's my favourite part? The beginning when we first try the wine, the yeah. half time when we're drinking a little bit more, and then at the end of the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the post-podcast review that we yes, do. Yes, of course. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about this beautiful wine that we haven't uh, mentioned in a while now. It's the Moonstruck Cabernet de Luf, um from southeastern Australia, which is... So I, I got caught out there. I thought they said... Um, South Australia, but this is sort of just on the edge of Victoria there, which is actually pretty underrated as far as wines go, because I think the thing is, about those two particular wine regions, or about most wine regions in Australia, the reason why South Australian vineyards are so well known is, yes, they've got unbelievable wines, and they do, but it's more the culture around the vineyards there, whereas Victoria doesn't seem to have that same culture. And comparing that to the time, um, you know, growing up in Tasmania, um, it's a little bit, I'd say the wine culture in terms of vineyards is quite snobby. So it's very selective. So when you compare that to, to an Adelaide, so Barossa Valley or McLaren Vale, you can wear your thongs that you've got on. You can bring, you know, often you can bring your own wine, you know, bring, you know, picnic sandwiches, bring your dog and it's super relaxed or they've got, um, you know, party buses that start at 9am, finish at 2, whatever, and you've just got a selection should, should, of tastings. Which one are you a fan of? Adelaide. I, I absolutely adore that that culture because it, it feels like if you're if you're moving into to the territory of you know you like wine, but you want to love it and you want to experience it more, if you feel you know, I can understand how you might feel left out in certain in certain regions, you know, that are very selective and, and snobby's not the right word, but compared to how relaxed the lifestyle is in in Adelaide with their wine, yep. it's it's incredible. It's one reason so I love it, works it so because much. Because of the overall relaxed environment of Adelaide itself. Absolutely. South Australia. So we like in Europe, you go to a vineyard in Europe, so in France, um been to been to a number of them and it's fantastic. And it's it is a little bit um, I suppose that the, I, want to, I don't really want to say the word, but it's a cultural experience. It's yep. the cultural experience of um, it's a little bit elegant. Yeah, there's there's an art to it. They talk with such a passion of the way that they create this wine, and uh, you have to love that's that. Very that delicate, that side of it. very delicate. Yeah. They see they see it as, and I, and I think it, it it becomes a bit like yeah, it's a little bit more formal in 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 so yeah. many ways, um, which. I don't think wine is an easy thing to do. Mm. Wine's not an easy easy thing to produce, particularly a good one. No. Anyone can produce wine, but a good wine. Yeah. So I like the edge of being a little bit more of a, a, a case of prim and proper a little bit and a little bit more of an educational experience as opposed to, I'll bring whatever you want. Can I bring yeah. a six-pack? Yeah, you can bring a six-pack and sit yeah. there and drink it. And yeah. You don't, I don't think you really get the full experience of... of what goes into it? Okay. How much time it takes, the process. I think that's the key about wine. There's a big reason why. So, like Sir Alex Ferguson used to say to his players at Manchester United, or encourage his players at Manchester United to get married at a very young age, because he realised that players who were married at a very young age were settled. They have family, have children. They would be, they would be more inclined to stay at home. They have a family life. Concentrate more on playing football. Jonathan Grinning is a great example. When he signed um, at Middlesbrough, he's telling me stories all the time about. I think in one season he signed about four new contracts. <laughs> in one season, really? Like what? Just extensions? Yeah. So he'd yeah. sign a new deal. No, a new deal. And a new deal would be based on the fact. Okay, he's played ten games. Right, new deal, which is great, fantastic. Then he'd be announcing that he's getting married to his girlfriend. Give him a new contract again. He'd call him in, and then he'd go right. Afterwards, he'd announce his girlfriend's pregnant or his wife's pregnant. 
Seven year contract. Here you are. He get a new contract. He tell the story. He says like it was unbelievable. As a player, as a young player as well, he was like Sir Alex, Sir Alex Ferguson was a god, was was a legend. So when you say that he would try and you know, you know what did you say? Like point them in the right direction or encourage them? Encourage them, them to settle down. It's what, what do they sort of go? Nice game well, today. Very much by the fact that he'd lead by example. So he would give a Jonathan Greening a new contract based on the fact that he was getting married. Out of play. What what happens in the change room? Everyone talks about it. Everyone knows about it. It's, it's released in the press that he signed a new deal. Why? Hang on. He's just. Oh, that's why, because he's getting married. That's what he would say. He'd go in the change room and go, yeah, they just gave me a new deal because I've just announced I'm getting married. All of a sudden, there's, there's this snowball effect. That can't be a healthy culture, effect. though. That, I mean, it, it, it works as a facade. At that time. It worked at that time. The question is, does that add to the statistics of professional athletes <laughs> post-football getting divorced? Yeah. Because you're getting married at a very young age, and you're almost you're, you're really encouraged to get married, and... Are they really the right people you should be marrying? At that particular time, yes. Yeah. Because it, they've made a career out of it and they've done well. How many of those guys are actually still married to the same person? Mm. That's another big question. I love the idea of a post-match Manchester United game where Sir Alex Ferguson's just gone up to, to David Beckham and gone, good game today. He's gone, oh, cheers. He goes, oh, that Victoria Beckham, she's quite nice. Maybe you want to think about marrying her. Well, I See think, you, mate. I think then he walks away. I think on the contrary to that one, I actually think he was trying to discourage that one. Yes, I think well, that's ultimately true. that's where the big fallout came from. Is that he felt my understanding and the way it was portrayed in the press was that Sir Alex Ferguson was ha- unhappy with the way that she was involved mm. in, in possibly leading his career. Well, he broke the football. ice really as that type of player, didn't he? He was very much yes. the, that first. Hang on, I can be a footballer, but at the same time, yes. I can be a fashion and a pop icon and everything. The power couple, anything and everything. And we don't really have that. I mean, Alex Oxlade Chamberlain's dating Perry from Little Mix, your favourite band. Um, yes. Who are very how, much? How did you know that? Again, the cameras, Mark. Oh right. You no, need no, no, no. to remember the cameras. I always forget that. Yeah, but you know, Little Mix, very much the modern day Spice Girls. You know, on a calm down are they uh, level. Really? Oh, no, modern day. No, modern day. No, I'm no, saying, no, not really. No, I'm saying modern day. No, let's be honest, they're not. Okay, right. Spice Girls are Spice Girls. Nothing okay. You're a bit of a Spice fan? I did, did enjoy it when You they doubled? First, yeah, I doubled, yeah. yeah, when they first came out. Yeah, definitely. Well, so speaking of the wine that we're trying, and a reminder that at the end of this episode, we will compare it to a player. Have you got any idea at this early stage? No, not really. Um, well, I mean, let, let, let's just talk through the feelings. So the feelings are that there's, um, there's a bit of complexity there. Yep. So there's a bit going on. Um, it's very full, very, very, it's pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say really, really heavy, but it's pretty, it's pretty, probably three quarters. I'm thinking, I, I know what you mean by that in terms of a player, sure. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> sure. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's again, I, 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 I'm tasting a bit of consistency through it. So there's, can, well, can there's longevity. Ex- Let's say longevity. I think there's longevity in it. Can you explain to me in particular and the listeners, when you, when you as a person, when you say consistency, what do you mean in terms of, a, of the wine? Because when I say it, I mean from the moment it touches my lips to the, by the time that I've swallowed it, it, it pretty much hasn't changed. Yeah, no, I, I think there's a combination of things. I look at it and go, like, the taste hasn't really changed a lot, but it also hangs around for quite a long time. There's that taste in the back of your throat that that, that, that wine is still there and it's continued. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm breathing and I'm, I'm feeling the warmth of that, that mm. red wine. 
You're at one with the throat. wine. Yeah, I'm feeling the warmth of it. Howling at the moon. Yes, howling <laughs> at the moon and feeling the consistency and the longevity of it. Bournemouth are a, a very interesting beast. Um, that you know, we we know that they're they're a small club. I actually drove down to Bournemouth uh, for a little just a day trip, and you just actually, I don't know if you've ever been to the Vitality. I have. Um, but you just. I mean, it might be different if you're looking for the stadium, but I was just driving around and it just has this little sign that says, Vitality Stadium this way. And you go, How, oh, there going? it is. Vitality Stadium this way. And you look. You I've go, seen that sign and I actually didn't read it that way. Really? What yeah. did you hear? Just Vitality Stadium. Oh, so mainstream. <laughs> but you look at it, you go, yeah, what? It holds about 10,000. Um, uh, about, yeah, about it's 12. Not, it's and not I think much. It's around 12. Small club, but, yes. but proud club. Yes. And, and Eddie Howe. Um, sort of immortalises that. That's those same values that we touched on with Steve Bruce and Newcastle. They're very much almost go hand in hand. But you said something to me this week about how you describe Eddie because you, when you describe things, you you don't struggle, but you like to think of metaphors, don't you? And, and, I do, and just something to really get get your point over the line. And what what was your metaphor for for Eddie at the moment? Well, I, I think Eddie's Eddie's like driving a Vauxhall. Right. Or, or a Holden, you know, for our Australian listeners, is that, um, or our German listeners, an Opel. Uh, anyone else? Can't think of anyone else. Uh, uh, General Motors in the sure. US. So we're talking about, uh, a, you know, a good car. But he's probably he's probably at the, the upper echelons of of the make. So he's and lost he, his L plates. He's this lost stage. his L plate. No, but he's, he's 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 driving their top of the range model. Right. Um, okay. and, Sunroof. Uh, yeah. And uh, I think he's got to a point where he's at that very end. He's driving the, the, the deluxe model and he's not getting any further with it. All he's doing is driving those miles mm. and he's hammering along and he's continuously, consistently reproducing those miles. Mate, isn't that the best part of a road trip though? It just, is. Just keep going? It is. But it gets to a point where... He's been overtaken every time mm. by a Lexus, mm. by a Jaguar. And obviously, yeah. you've got the BMWs and the Mercs and then the Porsche and the yep. Ferraris. They're, they're way ahead of him. And he's seeing it constantly happen. So he gets to a point where he goes, do I forever want to be driving a Vauxhall? Mm. Well, at this stage, he's being overtaken by Peugeots, realistically, mm, Kind of, yeah. I would say more, more so a Lexus or a Jaguar. Right. So he's got... I mean, he's got your Evertons. who's probably a Lexus. So... They've been around for a while, you know, for quite a long time. They've re-established a brand. They've created a brand. Toyota's created a brand called Lexus, and they want to go into the upper class. Mm. They want to go up to the the next level, but they're struggling. Mm. They haven't really gone there. But that's kind of Eddie Howe's next step. Does he look to go into a Lexus? So Eddie Howe at a at a second-hand car store, for example, he goes, no, no, no. I'm trying to actually upgrade now, so I'm going to I'm going to walk away from the secondhand store. Thank you, salesman. I appreciate your time and effort, and I'm sorry I didn't purchase anything. Where does he actually? Where does he go now? So as we said, he's passed his L's, passed his P's. He's he's absolutely saved up enough money. He doesn't need to pay off his parents anymore. He can afford and, and probably deserves something a little bit nicer than a Vauxhall. So so where realistically is he looking? Well, I mean, if you look at it, you know, like I just said there, you talk about Everton. Everton is, for me, is like a Lexus. They've come up, they've come into this money, they've, they've developed. They're a Toyota that's turned into a Lexus now because all of a sudden they've come into money. Marco Silva's not having the best of times. And I'm still struggling and struggling trying to work out how they play football. 
what are they doing? What what is their 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 path? What 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 are they? Well, they're in first gear, but they're trying to you know, they're trying to be driving in a third gear pace. Yeah, but 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 there's no. It just seems to be a complete breakdown in the electronics. Yeah, and someone who's never ever worked with electronics before has put it together, and it's a disaster. But and that's Edward. what they seem to be. So I'm thinking, anyhow, take that next step and get into a Lexus, and Everton is the perfect model for him. What's one model too far? Because I guess well, well, you... ever, well, I think Arsenal. Arsenal's the next logical one after that in terms of what potentially is available. Mm. So Arsenal is the next job that's potentially available. Let's say Arsenal. Let's put Arsenal and Manchester United in the same kettle of fish at the moment because they're they're they're, two... they're, they're probably BMW and Mercedes together. But but they're second-hand models. That's the problem. Well, yeah. I mean, Arsenal. They're great, they're great I mean, cars. Arsenal are probably still just on the 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 the, the brand new. Okay. I think Man United have dropped down to a to a to a trade in. Because it's still the sort of thing that if you owned if you own a Mercedes, you you're very proud to admit it. Yes. But at the moment, you don't want to be like, mm, yeah, but it's secondhand. Yeah. Well, yeah that, that's, that's sort of what it's like. Well, saying. I think that's what Man United are like right now. Yeah. I think Man United fans are thinking very much that now. So I, I'm a Man United fan, but I don't really want to tell anyone at the moment. So one thing we can guarantee as, as a car owner for, for Eddie Howe, he treats his car with so much respect, loyalty. You will not see him carpooling with anyone else. You know, he will he will keep the oil and the water watering system up to date. Uh, so I suppose in that sense, a Manchester United would would almost be perfect because if as Manchester United as a as a car, what, what did you say, Man United? Well, they're second hand Mercedes. Yeah, second hand. Yeah, Berg. but but you know what? They're He's going to love that. They're Berg. only a second hand Mercedes at the moment. I, I don't think Manchester United suits Eddie Howe. I think an Everton suits. So a Lexus suits Eddie Howe. Mm. Okay, Mark, it's the, I suppose it's the difficult time of the podcast now, whereas you are aware that, of course, at the end of the bottle of wine, which we have now got to, uh, we like to compare what we experience with the wine and try and emulate and compare those tastes and flavours and, and emotions that we get from the wine and convert that and compare that to a player. So what we've noticed over the past couple of episodes is that we experience completely different things yep. which is the beauty of wine that's yep. why we love it so much um so i suppose i'll i'll let you sort of take it away as to to where your head's at for this player uh yeah okay so we i talked earlier on about the fact that it touched all aspects side back of my throat everything else there's longevity in it it's uh it's got a certain amount of consistency but a very it's pretty intense yep um, I think it's quite complex as well. Uh, and it's also, it tastes like a wine that it's pretty heavy. So it's pretty, um, in, yeah, intense. Mm-hmm. So it's, I, I also think it should be, it's not just a middle of the row kind of wine. I think it's more of a top shelf stuff. So a special occasion, better quality. Mm-hmm. So in, 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 in saying that, so then my, my, um, my decision is that I'm going to say it's a Gareth Southgate. Ooh. So someone who was very, very good player. So it's a really good, I think it's a really good glass of wine or bottle of wine. It's top shelf because that upper echelons of, of defenders that played in the Premier League. There's an element of complexity, complexity to it. Um, and it had longevity. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that coming. Speaking of, have you ever been told you look a little bit like Gareth Southgate? 
<laughs> You're only saying that because I've told you the story. No, I don't think you have. What's the I've story? I've told you stories before. What's been, that? No, when I was at Middlesbrough, I used to get people used to stop me all the time and go, Gareth, Gareth, can't have a signature. I go, mate, I'm not Gareth. And they literally would go, yes, you are. Sign this. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not. I'm not Gareth Southgate. And I'd walk away. That, it's funny you should say that. Which is great. You know what's great about that is, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. The great thing about that is, they actually think Gareth Southgate's not a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I don't buy it. He comes across well in the media, but he is awful. No, 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 no really. He didn't hate it. He hated him from that point onwards. <laughs> Love it. Love it. All right. So I actually struggled with this wine in terms of um, certainly not struggled to drink it and enjoy it, but struggling to compare it to the player. Yeah, no, I can see you've got Wikipedia out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Googling football players. Yeah. <laughs> no, that. so I'm basing the first thing that came to my mind was the colour. Um, so I'm comparing this to the hair colour of this um, in particular player. Um, I suppose a few of the, the emotions that I'm getting is the flavours are still in my mouth. It's staying around. It's, it's, it's not leaving. And there's a point in, in one of those glasses of reds where I've gone, it's probably time for the flavours to, to go now. But it's just stayed. And not necessarily in a bad way, because one thing I've enjoyed about the Moonstruck Cabernet in particular is that it's got flair. Yeah. It's got it's got a little bit of arrogance isn't the right word, but it's got it, it knows that it's it confident. can perform. Yeah, it's absolutely. Confident. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's a it's elegant. It's yes. elegant in a way. Um but one thing in particular is I feel like something's missing for right. me. Yeah. And I don't know what. Okay. But ultimately I know that I love this wine. So in that I'm going to say Gareth Bale. Okay. So we've both gone to Gareth. We have. Which is very I mean that's that's a first for the two sharp reds. There you go. But yeah, there's something about we all love Gareth Bale. Right. And we all love but there's something missing. But, yeah, but what is it? We don't know yeah. necessarily, you know. And they're certainly not saying that there's something wrong with this wine. Because there's not. You're really sitting on the fence here because you're accusing him of missing something, but you're not going to put your finger on exactly what it is. I think No, I think there's a difference between something being missing and something being wrong. Right. If you compare it to other players that have very clear deficiencies in certain areas, whether it be their finishing, their tackling, or whatever it might be. But with Gareth, it just feels like, mm, I don't know, I don't know. Why isn't he the best? one of the best players in Europe? He absolutely should be. Okay. You know, but he, and he's sticking around at Madrid. He's not going anywhere at this stage, and he is just hovering around, dancing on the pallet, dancing on Zidane's pallet. So more importantly, now, right? Mm. Are Arsenal better <laughs> now with Unai Emery, or were they better with Arsene Wenger? So can I? This is a two-parter. Yeah. Either is way. this coming? Is this is this same question going to happen every week until Emery gets the sack? Maybe. I mean, how long was how long was Wenger around for? Twenty-two years. Yeah, was. Will this go on for another? Time? No, because you know Emery will definitely not be here for twenty-two years. Um, I can assure you that. I'm going to say if Arsenal lose to Leicester, but you already said last week. Yeah, yeah, but they didn't lose. But you already said last week, what, the week they before? were worse off. No, I didn't. You I did. never say that. You did. You said they were worse off last week. Listen back. You said they were worse off. I will listen back. You probably didn't record it. You probably didn't actually put it in the actual iPod yeah. and the, in the podcast. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, on purpose. But you did. That's the beauty of editing it yourself. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You, you get full control. So what are you saying? I Currently, s- right now. Yes. What? They're, they're better off. They're better off still? Yeah. 
than just, with Arsene Wenger. Just. Wow. Just. You are such an Arsene Wenger out man, aren't you? Yeah. No. Yeah. No. You were. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Our childish should we just go? No, you were. I'm going to tell on you. Uh, <laughs> that comes to the end, uh, thank goodness. Uh, as soon as you bring Arsenal up, you know, I have to change topic. But that does come to the end of uh, this episode of Two Sharp Reds. Now, I would like to make a formal call out to any wine lovers out there uh, to reach out to myself at Ollie Gill or of course at Mark Schwartzer on all your major platforms um, you know including MySpace and Bebo and MSN um, let us know what wines we should be tasting because I feel like we're going to accidentally fall in a trap of just choosing our favourite wines which is, which is a great Not thing really, we'll enjoy them I actually them. don't have I mean I have a favourite type of grape normally like a Merlot or a Pinot Noir definitely but I'm open for anything. I'm open to try anything. But you've got you've got a choice in choosing. So if we throw it out to the listeners yes. that decide or, you know, they go, you might not have heard of it, but give it a go. Absolutely. I'm open for that. We'd love that. So please shout out to us at Mark Schwartzer, at Ollie Gill. We'll see what we can come up with next week. And then until then, Mark, cheers. Cheers. Thank you. What do you reckon? Decanter another? Oh, why not? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 